Welcome to the Mystic Access Podcast, where the magic is in learning. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of the Mystic Access Podcast. She's Kim. He's Chris. And we are going to address an email from a listener. Yeah, thanks, Ray. This podcast is just for you and for everybody else who's interested, of course. (laughs) And Ray wanted to know about what we did in order to podcast, what equipment we used, what we went into, what happened, how the process worked. We thought it would be a cool idea to tell you not only what goes into our podcasts, but what goes into the recording of our tutorials and trainings and the like. It's not as simple as just grabbing a recorder and recording. (laughs) So to start out, as far as the recorder, the way we get the audio into the MP3 format, we use Skype and a third-party product called G-Recorder Skype. And this is just a an application that sits in the system tray and can record Skype calls. That product is currently priced at $39. And you can record pretty much as long as you want. I know we've recorded an hour and a half podcasts with it without any issue doesn't it change files at some point as you're recording it does so if you're recording and you think that you didn't get the entire podcast look for a file with one two three appended to it and those will be the files that you would need and does it list it by date like how do you know how to find the file that you're looking for it lists it by date and it also puts the Skype ID of the person that you are talking to. Nice. So I assume when you install it and authorize it through Skype, which of course Skype is a free application, or at least in the sense that we're using it, we're using it as a free application. We don't have any kind of Skype credits or anything to call one another. And it's just easy to speak Skype to Skype in mm-hmm. terms of the way that you and I record calls and the way that we've recorded with all of our guests thus far as well. That makes it very simple. I assume when you download and authorize this application that it creates some folder with recordings in it? It does. It's in your documents folder, and it's called G Call Recorder. Nice. So it's pretty logical. And then you go yeah. in and you find your Skype ID because it's authorized by Skype ID, and it's authorized for up to 10 computers. Nice. Do you know if there's a limit to how many people you can speak to at once using it? I guess that's all about the Skype conferencing call, so it so should be fine. It should be fine. We've done us and one other person for now. Yeah, we haven't tried more than three of us thus far. We don't see any reason why that can't be done. It's one of those apps, too, that you set it and forget it. Which is very nice. I don't actually have this app. Chris does all the recording from his end. He's kind of known about this app for a while. And we play with other apps, but we've come back to this one because it's reliable. It's accessible. We, of course, care about the accessibility of the app or we'd be in trouble. (laughs) You know, it works. So this is why we've stuck with it. And one neat feature of it that people don't really know about, you can configure it. It's called G Recorder for Skype because it can connect to your Gmail account or you can configure a Gmail account. It can automatically upload your Skype recordings to Gmail so that you have them in case your hard drive crashes or whatever. And it saves as Wave or MP3 or how does that work? MP3. Cool. Can you set like its bitrate or does it save in a particular bitrate? It saves at a decent bit rate. I've never had the reason to change it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you guys can tell kind of what our calls sound like. So it gives you a pretty good idea of what the product does in terms of sound quality. Mm-hmm. So 
Yes. That's good. To edit the podcasts, I actually use Studio Recorder from American Printing House for the Blind, APH. This is an accessible sound editor that I really like because you can flip through. It has phrase detection, so you can flip through with your up and down arrow keys and kind of skim through the audio recording, and it's designed for speech. And you can get really, really tight with phrase detection, too, in terms of editing out certain things that you don't want in there, which like, is cool. Right, like ums and ahs. Yeah, Stuff like that. It's, yes. It seems to be a very easy-peasy way to go. I use a different editing solution for everything that I edit on this end. I use Goldwave, and I have since 2011, I believe, which is $50 for a license. And I've just always liked it. I, I guess I'm used to it, and it does a lot of cool things. You can add in plugins, and I have some reverb plugins in mine, and just really enjoy the simplicity of utilizing it. There are some really good keyboard commands, so in that sense, it's very accessible. I just like it. I like its simplicity. I like its ease. The menu structures are quite easy to follow. For those of you who have asked me to do a tutorial on it, however, that probably is not going to happen, for which I apologize. I feel like I know enough to be dangerous and know enough to know what I'm doing, but in terms of teaching it to other people, I really don't feel I'm necessarily qualified to do it. There have been some really good ones done over time that I found online that have proven useful, but I'm not sure I'm the person to actually do a full-fledged tutorial on it. However, if you just sit down with it and begin playing with it, it's relatively simple to learn and figure out that you do have to do some playing and some experimenting to really figure out what all the bells and whistles do, but it's a really nice product and I thoroughly enjoy it. The support has been great when I have needed it and you can recover your key if you lose it, which I did. That worked out well when I was trying to get a new computer configured. It has a lot of pluses and it was one of the best $50 investments I've ever made. And you can control it with your feet. And you can control it with your feet. Yes, we'll have to find the link to put it into this podcast, but we recently received an Infinity foot pedal, which both of us have now for the upcoming transcription of the Braille Note Touch tutorial because I was saying I really want a foot pedal because I have carpal tunnel in one of my wrists. It just pays to get something that'll keep me from having to like move my hands across the keyboard 50,000 times and this is a really nice controller. I think it was 60 bucks but we'll find out and put that link for you in the show notes as well so that you will have that. Of course as always we're going to link to all of this stuff in the show notes so you can check out anything that interests you but with Goldwave yes you can hook this up. You can program it and get the pedals to do what you want. In the case of the one that we have, it has three pedals, two smaller ones on the side and a great big one in the middle, which is generally used for play pause. I use it for play pause. And I had to use window eyes to configure the usage of the pedal. I could not figure it out with NVDA, but I did get it figured out. Chris helped me through the process <laughs> of figuring out where the heck I was going, and I did manage to easily get it configured once I was in the right place and doing the right thing. I think it's going to be a really great tool. It just plugs in through USB. I think it's going to work out great. Well, it's going to work out great because one of the things we failed to mention, too, is you did mention your carpal tunnel and going yeah. all across the keyboard. and You can sit in Word and do the transcription or start typing. And if you miss something, you just hit the foot pedal to rewind a little bit. And this way you're not alt-tabbing 
to gold wave, rewinding, alt-tabbing back, and possibly forgetting what you're transcribing. Yes, and then by the time you've gotten back into Word, you've totally forgotten where you were and what you were doing, and you're all frazzled. I remember that when having to do some transcription for the stream tutorial last year, and it was hell, and I do not ever want to have to go through that again. This time, I was bound and determined to find a foot pedal, and this was a $60 solution that works really well, and I also must add, it's very well made. It's really sturdy. It's got like a rubber surface on the bottom to keep it steady, and it's made out of some kind of steel or something and it's just it's very well made well designed when you put your feet on the pedal it makes a little audible click and you don't have to exert a lot of pressure it's just a very nice thing so if you're interested in a good transcription pedal this infinity is something we would highly highly recommend and we'll put the direct link to the model number which neither of us probably remembers at the moment into (laughs) the show notes for you You guys you can also get a bundle package with NCH's Express Scribe, which is a very accessible transcription package. And you can use the foot pedal with the Express Scribe product. Yeah, that's really cool. Chris did that, and you're kind of enjoying playing with uh, Express Scribe, aren't you? Yes, because I'm not using Gold Wave, and Studio Recorder does not support the foot pedal. Yeah, unfortunately. I know NCH has some controversy surrounding it. We know that from personal experience. But I also must admit, many of the products they make are very accessible and work very, very well. Absolutely. Agreed. And apparently this is one of them. I've not played with it myself, but Chris is liking it so far, which is good because he may end up transcribing me at some point in the process of this tutorial. And I feel for him, but, you know, (laughs) so let's move on to the microphone that we are using. We both use an Audio-Technica ATR2100 cardioid dynamic USB slash XLR microphone. This is actually one that we found that JJ had recommended in a Blind Bargains I don't know if it was an article or something at some point, but we found it and have actually really, really liked it because it is a dynamic cardioid mic. It runs either through XLR or USB, and we've had really good experiences with it. One thing to note is we do not podcast with this mic. We do, however, record our tutorials with it. It has been just a really good, pleasurable experience. The best part is the price. It's just over $57. You can't get a really good mic for $57, but this mic is great. We were just shocked. We were both a little skeptical, thinking, gosh, can we get a really good mic for this price? And it's been great. It's worked out so well for us. And it's lightweight. It's easy to move around if need be. It has a little tripod stand that unfolds that you can put on your desktop or wherever you need it to be, should you so choose. It comes with USB and XLR cables, so you can plug it into your computer or your mixer in whatever way that you like. It has a really clear, rich sound, particularly for any kind of voiceover work. It's really great. We've had no complaints whatsoever in terms of using it. The only thing I had happen recently was my XLR cable went out. Other than that, we've had no issues whatsoever with the mic. We've thoroughly enjoyed it. It has a physical on-off switch, so you can easily control that. I believe it also has a volume control that works under USB, I believe. Is that right? Mm -hmm. So if you're using it through the USB, then you can use this on-off. It's kind of like a switch. You kind of twist it and hold it, I believe, to Mm -hmm. change, or you can flick it to Mm -hmm. change the volume. You can utilize that as well. It works beautifully under both Goldwave and Studio Recorder. 
and has worked really well with our mixer. We've had no complaints in terms of being able to hook it up and utilize it successfully. So we've been really, really happy with this mic and it's served our purposes extremely well. Please keep in mind that the prices that we're quoting you may not be the prices that you see. If you go to Amazon right now, we're going to give Amazon links in the show notes. But if you're listening to this around the time of recording, these are probably going to be the prices that you see. If you're listening at a later date, you may see better or slightly higher prices, depending. For example, the Logitech headphones that we use for podcasting, which are the Logitech ClearChat Comfort USB H390s. When we bought those, they were $20. They've moved up to $29. Yeah, that was a really good $20 purchase. We've gotten a lot of good use out of those. The noise cancellation of them is phenomenal. Mm -hmm. We've been really pleased. Mm -hmm. Logitech has really good stuff. We're overall very pleased with the whole brand as a whole, except for their wireless keyboards, which is another story. Sure. But (laughs) in terms of these mics, we've been really pleased with them in terms of particularly the noise cancellation. But they're also really comfy. I mean, for 20 bucks, they're kind of chic. I'm I'm really happy with them. (laughs) They're very comfortable on. They have nice padded band around your head. I mean, they're they're real nice. And the cord that comes with them is nice and long. It is an attached cable with the USB, obviously, on one end. It's very long, so it's very good for accommodating you. And it has a volume... Yes, it's a volume button and a mute button. Yes, so in the very middle of the volume button, there is a circle, mm-hmm. kind of in a hollow space. In the middle, there's a mute button right in there, and you can just press it to mute and unmute. It's a toggle, and it works great. Yeah, we have a full description of those in episode 100. Yeah, so if you're interested in more info on those, it's a really good purchase for the price. Oh, and of course, you can adjust your mic and fold it up and store it easily. The mic on the headphones, that is. Yes. It's very easy to adjust to where you need it to be and to store these. So it works out great. I think the next thing is the Behringer mixer that you currently use. Yes. The mixer that I'm using is a Behringer Q802 USB 8-channel mixer. It's right around $79 on Amazon, so it's a really good price. It has knobs that you can move and also a few buttons that you can press to mute and unmute microphones. So you can put in two XLR mics. Obviously, it plugs into your computer via USB. It does have a learning curve (laughs) because you kind of have to figure out what knobs do what and where you go. And I will admit, I am very green at using it. I know when I hit a volume knob what it does, and I have to search for the volume knob that does what I want done. (laughs) So it's not necessarily something that I could sit down and explain to you how to utilize it. Although it does have panning knobs, which can be cool. You can find those. I think they're on this, like the second row of knobs. There are probably 20 or more knobs on the mixer, but it's very well made. It's very sturdy. It's not particularly heavy, but it's heavy enough. You don't want to drop it on your toe necessarily. It's Just a really nice product, and it does what I need it to do, which is great. I can easily plug something into it and get a really nice mix. I do have to kind of search for where I need to plug something into it, so it's not an intuitive thing for me. It probably would be if I was able to sit down with the manual and and know, okay, this goes here, this goes here, but I am not an audiophile in terms of editing and mixing. So I'm not someone who necessarily knows, okay, this will do this. I know what panning is. I mean, I know some of the technical jargon and how to do certain things, but in terms of this mixer, I don't necessarily know what is where unless I do a little bit of experimentation. But that being said, 
it does a beautiful job. We had it for the stream tutorial and have used it ever since. And it's just been great. It served me very, very well for what it does. You can also plug headphones into it so you can monitor your mix, which is also great. And it's just been a good little tool. I've definitely enjoyed using it and hope I get years and years of use out of it. Behringer is known as a very, very good brand. Everything that we're recommending to you today has over a four-star rating on Amazon. So that gives you some idea as well. This mixer does what I need to do, which is the most important thing for me. Of all the devices that we're talking about, this is the one with which I could help you least. It does a really nice job if you're willing to sit down and take a couple hours to figure out what the heck you're doing. And you have to make sure that when you're mixing, say, something like a stream or a Braille note or even the computer, you want to mix the audio back in. You want to make sure that you get the volume right on the the mix of that other device as well so that you're not quieter than the computer and all that good stuff and you want to make sure too that you don't move it don't move it and don't sit a cable on top of it because it could make a buzzing sound and cause you to have to re-record hours of work. Take it from personal experience. Don't exactly. Do There's a lot that goes into mixing and you really have to make sure number one that you've got your particular recording equipment hooked up to it correctly like in my case i had to make sure goldway was working with it correctly and sometimes that's like pulling teeth normally once you get it set up in terms of that it's set it and forget it you're essentially done you don't have to do that again you have to get your volumes adjusted both through your computer and through the mixer you have to make sure your mic volume is where you want it you have to make sure you're not getting any strange hissings or rumblings or sounds you have to keep your environment as quiet and consistently quiet as possible you have to make sure there's not mic noise or mouth noise i mean Drinking a lot of water for me is a very big essential in the course of recording because I don't want to have my morning sexy whiskey voice going on, nor do I want to have any kind of strange sounds coming in that I have to edit out later. I try to save myself that trouble by staying hydrated, and there's a real large amount of factors that one has to keep in mind when in a recording environment and doing a lot of recording. It also really helps, I find, and I don't know if you find this to be the case, even in a podcast, it's really useful to not only minimize your background sounds, but also to kind of rehearse in your head. You know, what am I going to say? How am I going to say it? Where does this need to go? It's really like building a tower or playing a game of cards. I mean, you have to think a lot ahead in advance or you're not going to do it right the first or second or even third time. You're correct. The more ums and uhs that you put into the podcast are more that you would have to take out if you want to. And especially given that in these tutorials and even the podcasts, if you need to be clear in terms of an explanation, that takes a lot of work in advance. You kind of have to know, this is what I'm going to say. This is how I'm going to say it. This is how I need to clarify X to make it very understandable for people who are going to oftentimes be doing it based on the instructions that you give. So I think as a podcaster and someone who creates audio of any kind, I feel that I have a responsibility to try to make it as not only as professional, but as logical and as structured as I can in terms of an explanation so that people can and move from point A to point B successfully in a process and do that successfully. Because you don't, well, you don't know, sorry for interrupting. Go ahead. 
but you don't know the way that the person who's listening to that audio comprehends what you're saying. So you have to make it as clear and concise as possible. Nor do you know their level of expertise. So you have to put in stuff that might be obvious to you, but may not be obvious to Joe Schmo, the listener, so that they can then successfully operate or complete a task. So that's very important as well. Yes. At the same time, I always try to make everything friendly and fun because I don't want people to be intimidated when listening, thinking, oh, my God, this is going to take me five hours. And I don't know what I'm doing and, <laughs> you know, what what's going to happen and am I going to screw it up and blah. So I think there's also a piece in there for me, at least when I create something, I really want people to feel like you have a friendly guide who can help you along your way and make this process both informative, but also enjoyable for you. You you want someone friendly to listen to. You don't want it to be boring. You don't want it to be stayed. You don't want it to be something that you're sitting there falling asleep while you're attempting to listen and follow along to create or complete something. So I think that part's important too. And I think some of it comes down to your personality, you know, what's your personality like and how is that going to influence any recordings that you make? But I think some of it is just trying to be really consistent with that, at least for me, in terms of that fine line between being professional but also being fun yes and you also have to kind of group things together so that you know when you're dealing with a task that somebody's interested in especially with a six hour or eight hour audio tutorial you want to make sure that you hit the points all in one section so that they don't have to keep flipping back and forth go from this section to this section to that section then go back to this section and then go back to this section that's why for me outlining is crucial Anything that I'm recording that is, I know is going to be an ongoing thing and take a long time, be a two or three or more week project, I am going to outline it first. Because for me, once I have a comprehensive outline that I like, that I know, okay, this is what I want, I can follow this, then it's almost like paint by numbers, at least in terms of the structure of what I know I'm going to record. For instance, with the Echo tutorial, I began outlining it thinking it's going to be about two and a half to three hours long, and it turned into a six-hour project. And by the time I had that outline done, I knew it was going to be a six-hour project because I know myself. You know, I know how I record, and I know that I can go on about things and get very, very detailed, and people appear to like that. So that's something that I knew going in that, okay, because I've done this outline, not only do I have a structure and a really solid framework and foundation to follow, I also know this is going to be a much bigger project than I originally anticipated. And that's six hours of edited or eight hours (laughs) of edited audio. And edited is the key word there. Talk to them a bit about the editing process. When you edit a product, say you edit an hour podcast or a half hour podcast, you could spend three hours on editing a half hour podcast to get the clicks and buzzes and mouth noises and the ums and the uhs and the this and that and the other thing, and even tighten up some of the areas that need to be tightened up a little bit because you don't want to sit there with, and I did that on purpose, dead space. So you don't want to waste the user's time listening to dead space. Not to mention the actual out-and-out mistakes that are going to be in the unedited material because they will be there, trust me. (laughs) Yes, they will be. So if you think about a six-hour tutorial, that could take 
25, 30 hours to edit. Oh, yeah, easily. And then you have to go back and put in inserts because you totally forgot something. So those have to be dropped in relatively seamless so that nobody knows. You have to get your volumes consistent both within and between sections because you don't want something blasting at you in one section and then being mega soft in another. Mm -hmm. So there is a lot that goes into an editing process. The editing is by far the most tedious part of the job. Mm -hmm. For the most part, the recording can be difficult, but the editing is tedious. The editing is like, oh, no, please. Sometimes you'll get lucky and you'll get a section or a piece or a podcast that needs very little editing, but that is rare. Mm -hmm. So the editing is very important. And that's not to mention if you're going to mix something in like music or sound effects or something with a voiceover and having to do those type of things, because that's a whole other thing, and then you have to work out volume balances. Does what sounds good with this particular voiceover? You can spend an hour creating a podcast, but it might not come out for 10 or 12 hours after that because the person is editing and mixing. Some of these little sound effects, too, you want to make sure that the sound effects don't drown out the person's voice who's trying to say something. Yes, that's very important as well. Also, whenever possible, if there's more than one person speaking, you have to try and make sure that there's at least some level of balance between their voices. Sometimes you can't do anything about it, but as often as you can, you need to try and have some consistency there in terms of their volume levels. Are they consistent with one another? Uh-huh. So that's another piece. Another thing to mention quickly about sounds and music. You have to make sure that the sounds and music that you use are usable. In other words, are they royalty free? Right. Do you have permission to use them? You probably will have to pay for access to most royalty free sounds and music that you get. There are lots of sounds. There's Audio Jungle, which I personally love, but you're going to be paying $17, $18 or more for 30 seconds of music from our particular composer. One of the reasons I like that site so much is because composers submit their own work. You know that you're giving a large amount of the money that you pay back to the composer, which I really like. I'm a musician, so I appreciate that. (laughs) There are people. There's Kevin McLeod, who does a great deal of royalty-free music that you can actually use for free, but you cannot use it in commercial products. If it's a free something, like a podcast, for instance, you can use his stuff. Oftentimes, though, unless you get a license for his music, you cannot use it in commercial projects. So anything that anyone has to pay for, you can't use some of these free things. You were just mentioning someone who has royalty-free sounds that you can get for free. Yes, Andre Louis. But again, I don't know if his terms say that you can use them in commercial projects or not. So you would have to make sure that you abide by the licensing terms of the audio that you're putting into the podcast. Yeah, it pays to read your terms. You know, if it says, okay, you can spend $99 and you can get this and you can use it in whatever kind of project you like or as many times as you like or what have you or you can't, it's very important to read those terms. And listen, it's all about respect because these people put a lot of time into the creation of their music or their sound effects or what have you. And it's just a fair exchange, Mm -hmm. really, in order to respect their terms, respect their time, and respect the really nice work that they've created so that they'll create more of it. Because if you use it in ways that they don't intend you to use it, they're going to stop making it, and then we all lose. We have a couple of other things. We're just going to put the links and the titles in for you. We have a cable that we use for the mixer, and we won't mention that. It's by Hosa. H-O-S-A. And we also have a filter, a pop filter for our mics 
highly recommend you invest in some pop filters for your mics so that your peas do not blast all over the universe. Yes. And we use one by OnStage, which we really like. And they're relatively cheap. You can go ahead and invest in one of those before you begin your recording project. It's worth it. (laughs) So we'll put the link into that as well. Another thing I want to mention really quickly is if you're on a budget and you want to get something that's low budget but also does a really nice job, you may want to consider. This is a Samsung Q2U. That's Q number two letter U. Handheld dynamic USB mic with headphones and accessories. This is a cardioid microphone that also includes the ability to utilize it via USB or via XLR. It comes with both the XLR and USB cables. It also has a set of very cheap looking but nevertheless quite effective HP studio monitor headphones and these are 3.5 millimeter headphones they have a 3.5 millimeter jack so you can plug it in and listen to what you are recording they're also very big i think they have 40 millimeter drivers in them so you get a really good idea of what you're listening to and i've been using those quite happily they also come with a version of the cakewalk recording software if that's something that interests you and they come with one of those nice little foldable tripod stands they look just like my audio technica tripod so you can fold it up and put it into your desk or wherever and you can use it as a desktop mic very easily again it has a physical on off switch for the price it's 49 dollars on amazon right now for all of that that is a deal (laughs) so if you're just interested in experimenting and trying to figure out if this is something that interests you, spend the 50 bucks, get that little Samsung. You've got the monitoring headphones. You can use it via USB or XLR. It's slightly cheaper than the Audio-Technica. I don't think it's quite as good as the Audio-Technica, but you do get the headphones with it. For the price, and if it's just something you want to check out, I would suggest getting that, getting a pop filter for your mic, and if you just want a podcast, you know, get Goldwave. You can use it for free. I forget what the stipulation is on free Goldwave usage. I think it is the amount of time that you can record, but I could be wrong. It's been so long since I've used Goldwave for free, but you can actually record with Goldwave for free. There's also Audacity for free that you can use, and there are no stipulations to my understanding, but having said that, I have never touched Audacity. I have, but it's been years, and I ended up switching to Goldwave and liking it much better. But again, that was years ago. That was 2011 when I really began doing a lot of this stuff. So I can't give you any personal critiques or praises of Audacity from personal experience. But yes, it is available. It is something you can utilize. There's also other stuff you can use for your iPods, iPads, iPhones. Mm -hmm. I'm sure there's accessible editing stuff on Droid as well in terms of editing applications, but I obviously don't know what they are because I don't edit that way. I still edit via my PC. Really, if it's something that you're interested in, there are options out there and they're relatively good quality options that you can get started with very cheaply. We built our whole studios between us for like 500 bucks. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And they sound pretty darn good if I do say so myself. Overall, we're pretty impressed with what we were able to set up on a shoestring a year ago and we're still using most of it. It works very, very well. We did have some experimentation that we had to do in terms of cables and things like that. Really, once we got it set up, it's kind of a set it and forget it. Occasionally, you're going to replace a cable as I did with my XLR cable for my mic. Generally speaking, 
once you set it up, you're pretty good to go. And you can make some very, very nice sounding material. We can also put it in the show notes. I've never used it, but Behringer does have a podcasting solution that includes the microphones, the mixer, the headphones, and all that other stuff. Oh, wow. Did not know that. Yes, they do. I've considered grabbing one, but just never did because this is suiting my needs, so why reinvent the wheel? But it is out there, so you can get all that stuff. And and you may not need a mixer for your podcasts. You might just need the microphone connected to USB and go. For what we do, we need the mixing capabilities to be able to mix in other devices. Yeah, because we're teaching other devices that have audio included, like the Brillo Touch and the Stream and the Echo, things like that. Mm -hmm. Although the mixer was not very helpful in terms of the Echo. But that's another story. (laughs) (laughs) But it worked out. It it, it served its purpose okay. And it was very helpful in terms, though, if you're doing an application that requires you to utilize the computer, you can hook your mixer into your computer and mix your computer's audio in. And that sounds great. Yes. So that's something else to keep in mind. We really just kind of wanted to share with you a bit about what goes into the creation of some of this stuff. It is not a straightforward process. It does take a great deal of time, and that's time that we are happy to spend doing it, but there is a lot of time and effort that goes into making these things sound as good as we hope they do. (laughs) We also just wanted to say, too, just as a full disclaimer, this is the way that we do it. Yes, There are other ways that other people do it, and we're just doing what's working for us. Yeah, and what we feel comfortable doing that also gives you what we hope is a really high-quality product. Mm -hmm. That's important to us. It may not be as important to some other people. People are going to do things their own way, and that's great. So experimentation is encouraged. (laughs) Absolutely, yes. So I just wanted to say that. Yes. And as we move on to our next topic, which is the 24-hour birthday sale that's going on tomorrow. Yes. April 11th, all day long, is my birthday. Happy birthday! So we're having a sale to celebrate my birthday. (laughs) You guys get the present on my birthday. So we are having a sale. Everything is 12% off. All trainings all tutorials. The only exception to this is the physical products. So the Avantech, the five different speakers that we offer, these have not been discounted. Other than that, any of the strictly downloadable tutorials you can get for 12% off, except for the stream, which we have cut by $25 tomorrow only until probably Black Friday. So if you want it, get it now. Tomorrow only, the 11th which is Monday, you can get the string tutorial for $64. And again, if you want anything on SD card, $10 will get you an SD card shipped to your door. So that includes the shipping for the SD card. The SD card will have the tutorial on it. Yes. So this is in celebration of my birthday. We wanted to do something fun for you guys. If you want some really good deals, tomorrow is a good time to get them. And no codes are necessary. Everything is just going to auto-magically drop, and the prices will go back up at 11.59 p.m. tomorrow night. So all day, Monday, April 11th, we are having a birthday sale. Yes, happy birthday. Happy birthday to me. (laughs) (laughs) So that being said, please stay tuned. We have some really exciting things coming up. 
that we will be excited to share with you. And of course, as always, a few quick announcements to end us. If you want to reach us, you may call our main number at 716-543-3323. That's the main number. You can leave us comments about the podcast or something you'd like to see covered for future or what have you. Also, if you want to email us, we love hearing from you. Info at mysticaccess.com will get you in touch with both of us. Also, do not forget about our news list. That will get you special deals and goodies on occasion. And you may join that on mysticaccess.com. There is a link, and we will also include that link in the show notes so that you can subscribe. But it's manews-subscribe at mysticaccess.com. manews-subscribe at mysticaccess.com. We'll get you signed up for our list, and we give special goodies and discounts and things strictly for list members if that's something that interests you. We also give product updates and kind of let you know what's going on with us and it's not a high traffic list once every week or two we'll send you a note but it's not going to take up a lot of room in your inbox but it is something that you may want to consider joining if you want some extra goodies yes and we also announce podcasts we do this podcast for example will go out on the ma news mailing list so they'll be the first to know about this podcast being out and available for folks to listen to. And also remember, if you have any suggestions for anything you'd like to see, as I said before, please let us know. We'd love to hear about it. A lot of times the things that we start doing or mention, just like this episode, thank you, Ray, are thanks to our subscribers and people who contact us and let us know, hey, I'd like to know about blah. And sometimes we do it. <laughs> so you could be next. Thank you all for listening to this podcast. Yes, and we appreciate we- it. We appreciate it, and we hope that you have a wonderful rest of your weekend. Absolutely. Have a great one, guys. Thanks so much for your support. Bye. Bye. The preceding podcast is a presentation of Mystic Access, where the magic is in learning. To contact us, please visit www.mysticaccess.com. Call us, 716 716- Five four three 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 two three, and press 2 to reach our Mystic Access Podcast comment line. Email us at show at mysticaccesspodcast.com and follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash mysticaccess. Would you like to spread the word about our podcasts? Please tell your friends and colleagues to visit us at www.mysticaccesspodcast.com. If you enjoy what you hear on our podcasts, feel free to leave us an iTunes rating and review. We certainly appreciate those. Also, you may feel free to use our podcasts in your own RSS feed. Just be sure that all of our contact information is left intact. Thanks for spreading the word, and thanks for listening. We hope that you have enjoyed this episode.